everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dribble Podcast. My name is Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australian Newspaper, taking you through another season of talking to guests from the Perth Wildcats, Perth Lynx, and WA Basketball in general to give you the best insight possible into what's happening in the sport throughout this state. And this week, we are heading overseas to the US to catch up with a trio of West Aussies who are applying their trade at college level. Like many aspiring basketballers, Alex Dukas, Kyle Bowen and Harry Wessels are relishing the chance to experience being a student athlete, but the difference is they're doing it all on the same team at St. Mary's. Alex, Kyle, Harry, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be Thank here. You. Now, you're just fresh from training. Uh, you've had a, a good win the other day to take you to 12-4. and four. Uh, Alex, you must be really excited to be in this sort of a, a position at this stage of the season. Yeah, I guess I'm really proud of the guys being a being one of the older guys and a leader on this team. I'm really happy we were out the season so far. We had a, a tough preseason schedule, and um, the guys came out really well. I mean, we've got a young group; we're still learning, and we're getting better by game by game. So, um, we're at a good stage in, in our in our season so far. I'm, I'm happy for sure. So, Kyle, you had a big game: seven points, fifteen rebounds. That followed thirteen rebounds in the game straight after Christmas. What's been the key to your current success in your form? Um, I think it's just. Uh, all about uh, being more aggressive, especially with it being my senior year. Um, I wanted to take a more aggressive role, um, whether that be scoring or um, like we've seen in the past two games, rebounding. Um, but now just kind of fighting for the loose ball has been a mantra of our team. And it's kind of in the St. Mary's DNA to be a be a guy who gets after those loose balls and the, the easy rebounds. So, I mean, I've just been in the right place at the right time, but um, hoping to keep it rolling for these next couple of games as well. So, Alex, you're averaging 12 points a game, but the real key is you're shooting at 44%. Um, that includes six of 11 from the last two matches from three-point range. So take us through your season so far. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've been all right for our team so far. Um, I'm shooting the ball well, but uh, I have to give credit to my team. I kind of just stand there and catch and shoot it, and uh, the guys find me where I need to be, so... Um, no, I'm doing well. I think I've got a lot more to improve, and um, I think if we can keep getting better, each game will be good. And Harry, you're in a vastly different situation to the other two as a first-year player, uh, but you're a massive unit. Like, you are fair income huge, uh, 215 centimetres. You, your size makes you a genuine weapon. How have you found fitting into this sort of a competition? Uh, it's been great. I've been having great leaders and great teammates that have been helping me fit in. I feel like um, I've found myself in a pretty good role where I can help my team um, by being gritty and being tough and help bring energy when I come onto the floor. And yeah, it's been great. Definitely. So student athlete life, it's not simple. We hear about it all, all the time. So let's go through what your days are like. Alex, take us through what a typical day of a student athlete is like. Yeah. So I guess if we, uh, we actually start our classes tomorrow, we've had a bit of a break over Christmas, which has been nice. Um, yeah. Tomorrow we have class from 9.15 to 11.45 and then get straight out of class and go to practice from 1 till probably 2.30 and then go home and have a quick little nap and then tomorrow's game day. So I guess we have a game at 7 p.m. Most days we have two classes a day, sometimes three. But yeah, it's it's a lot of classes, a lot of back and forth between the, the training room and, and classes and then to the gym and then to the obviously the court for workouts later on in the afternoon. So um, it's definitely a full-on schedule, but we enjoy it. We love it. It's all part of the game. So what are you studying, Alex? I'm a business major. And Kyle, what's your, what's your major? Yeah, I'm doing the same business. And what about you, Harry? Are you doing business as well or are you going down a different, different track? I'm undeclared at the moment. I'm kind of just doing some general classes at the moment and figuring out what I like. But I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of business as well. So these two, the other two are a bit more experienced in the whole student-athlete life. How have you found it, Harry, being a, f- a first year trying to work out how do you combine basketball and basically being professional with the way that, that, that it's all set up with trying to have a life where you're studying at the same time? 
Yeah, I actually um, graduated in 2020, so I kind of had a year off school and then now coming back into a school environment where I have to do the schoolwork and the basketball work, it's kind of been a bit of a, little bit of a shock, but sort of being able to organize myself and keep on top of everything has been a challenge, but um, yeah, I feel like I'm doing all right, so, but it's been good, I, I, I enjoy it. Left-hand drive, jump stop, blocked by Bowen as he tried to pull up from about eight on the left baseline. So big stop by Bowen, who nearly fouled out of this game, if you remember. Comes up with a huge play there. Dukas in the corner, takes a catch and shoot three. It's good! Alex Dukas with a huge shot to take the momentum back. Catch and shoot three from the corner. And that gives the Gales a seven-point lead again. 2.34 to play and a timeout taken by Randy Bennett. Now there'll be some people listening who will know you guys quite well, others who won't have been who won't be as aware of your background. So let's just take it take us through your lives. Uh, Alex we'll, st- we'll start with you. Well, you're Jordan boys, so talk us through life up there, school, uh, club basketball into how you ended up being at St Mary's. Yeah, so obviously I'm, I'm born and raised Jerry boy and I, I rep that proudly. Um, so I started in Jerry playing uh, obviously local domestic competition and uh, work my way up to the juniors. Um, I started off playing the men's league at a pretty young age. And I guess that's where I kind of built a bit of toughness and a bit of grit against going against older guys at a young, from young age. And then um, I got involved into the state teams. Um, my dad was one of the WA country coaches and was always in the scene. So I kind of, he was my coach growing up and kind of led me, led me the way. Um, and then from my state teams, I kind of did all right. And I got noticed to go to a Australian development camp. And then from that camp, I, I did pretty well, and I, I got invited to the NBA Academy when I was just first starting out in Canberra. Um, so it was awesome to be a part of the inaugural two Australian athletes in that program. And obviously, Josh Gideon, Darcy Daniels have kind of excelled it um, and taken it to be where it's known worldwide now. And um, so, yeah, I started from there and then did a, a few Australian junior national team representative things and um, back and forth to Greece and, and Latvia and Italy and wherever else we went, and um, which was amazing. And then, yeah, I... Got recruited to St. Mary's, took a few visits to other colleges, and then, yeah, definitely was happy with my choice and chose St. Mary's, and four years later, I'm still loving it. And Kyle, take us through your journey. Yeah, so uh, I'm a city boy myself. Um, grew up around Shelley in the Williston area, so that's where I kind of started my domestic journey. Um, went through all the junior ranks and, and wobble and whatnot at uh, Perth Redbacks um, and managed to um, slip into the SBL team as a young fellow as well. Um after that, I got uh, invited to a Australian development camp where I was able to join uh, the Institute of Sport, spent two years there back and forth from home. And during that time, I got to um, be a development player for the Wildcats as well, where I, where I managed to win a ring as a little development player, which is a nice little piece I got on showcase in the room here. Um, and then obviously after that, um, had a few Australian national, uh, national teams and then ended up here at St. Mary's, which... Like Alex is always saying, he's loving it, so I'm loving it as well. And Harry, take us through your journey. Uh, yeah, I grew up in the country as well, um, down in Boddington, uh, south of Perth. Um, was there till seventh seventh grade, and then I moved up to Aquinas College and did boarding school there. And that's kind of I started playing basketball at school, and then it wasn't until I was fifteen where I started to really enjoy the game and wanted to take it more seriously, and then. Um, from there, just really developed and um, yeah, got got good. Went uh, made state teams and then just before just before year twelve, I like the other boys got invited to a development camp and then got invited to Canberra from there. And then my journey in Canberra kind of 
coincided with COVID. So I got there March 2020 and then was there for like the whole COVID period. So it was a lot of a lot of training, not a lot of playing. And then after that, um, I found myself here at St. Mary's. Started by Jefferson, shot fake, and here's Wessels stepping in the passing lane. Foot race to the rim for the big man with the flush. Harry Wessels. And have you always been massive? Like, or have you one who who grew, who grew with a spurt later on uh, in your teenage years? Or have you always been the guy who people went, how on earth are we stopping this bloke? <laughs> Uh, I've always, yeah, definitely always been tall. Um, I feel like my, it was definitely filled out a bit um, in the last couple of years. I feel like um, growing up, I was definitely a tall and skinny, and now I'm not, not so much the skinny part. But um, yeah, always been tall, um, and now it's kind of it's it's pretty handy though when it comes to basketball for sure. 215 centimetres and 115 kegs at 20 years of age. I reckon it's very handy to be that sort of a size in sport. So, Alex, St Mary's has such an amazing history with Australians playing there. Paddy Mills, Matthew Delavadova, Jock Landale. We had Adam Caporn on here uh, as, as a guest earlier on in the year, and obviously he was from there as well. Did, did, did having those guys all go through and knowing it's little Australia, as, as a lot of people refer to it, did that help you to make the decision to go there and influence that decision? Yeah, definitely played a part. Um, I think knowing that being an Australian athlete myself and coming to America in a foreign environment, seeing that other past trains have been through St. Mary's and done so well kind of definitely made it enticing to come here. Um, it doesn't wasn't the only reason, but I knew the, the relationship the coach has uh, with his players and the family environment that's at St. Mary's. And I knew I was going to fit in perfectly. With, like like you said, I was a little Australia away from home. And um, it's exactly how you recognise we've got Australian flags hanging up everywhere around the gym. Um we have a cricket bat in the locker room. So, like, we, we're definitely bringing a lot of Australian icon, iconic things over here. And um, But, yeah, I definitely like seeing the, the Australian players come through past before me and um, paving the way. I'm trying to fill them shoes. So w- when the cricket bat comes out, I can imagine the Yanks trying to work out how to play cricket. Like, what, what's that situation like? Is it just you three mucking around or how many people are actually involved in, in a cricket match in the USA? Yeah, it's actually uh, pretty hyped around here. I mean, we pull it out sometimes before we do our weight sessions and, and hit it up and down on the court here and there. And a lot of the time it's in the locker room. We kind of – one person stands in front of the, in the bathroom and we bowl the ball as fast as we can at them and see if they can hit it. But it's a little bit of fun in the, the day and they love it. So uh, it's, good, it's good fun. Have you all influenced each other's decisions to get there? Like how much have you three spoken over the years – to, to end up together as three West Aussies in the same location. Kyle, can you give us an idea about how much you and Alex sort of, sort of spoke initially and then, Harry, after Kyle finishes, or what, what conversations you had with those guys? Yeah, for sure. Well, <clears throat> for me and Alex, it was definitely um, definitely like a relationship factor. Um, obviously, living together similarly in the, at the shoot in Canberra, we were like fairly close mates, brothers, whatnot. So we definitely had conversations about where we were going to commit and um, if we were both going to commit to St. Mary's and thankfully it all worked out and we've been <laughs> connected to the hip for the past four or five years. So, um, and then in, in our relationship with Harry's case, it's, I think it's just always good to have an Australian on the roster when you're trying to commit for us, it was the likes of Tanner Krebs and, and Jock Perry, who are able to have conversations with us, um, at what it's like at St. Mary's as an international player and especially an Australian. So I think it's just comforting having those conversations with um, like-minded people and especially when you're going to be in an environment so far away from home and such so culturally different, it's it's very, very useful. And Harry, how much did you speak to those guys? Um, didn't know them too well in the lead-up 
um, my basketball journey didn't really take off until those guys had already gone to college. So, um, but obviously, um, knew of them, knew, um, knew Duke, Duke's dad coached me, um, in state teams growing up. And, um, so it was just very comforting to know that they were there, um, and they were doing well and I was going to come in and there was going to be like, yeah, as Kyle said, like-minded people. And it just makes the decision a lot more easier. Definitely coming over there. And Kyle, you did mention championship ring. Now you've already won a championship before you've ever done anything. I think it was four games, three points for the season. I remember being in Melbourne at the time. You looked very sheepish as you walked up to receive your ring as well. It was like, I've done so much this in, in, in this team. Um, what, what was it like? Like it must've been awesome to have been part of that entire experience. For sure. I look back at those times and I was like, I was like you say, a little sheepish young kid. Um, but I treated every session, every every game as a sponge. I was soaking up as much information, as much, um, you know, as much as I could in those situations, watching professionals um, do what they do and do what they get paid to do. Um, I wasn't actually supposed to be at that game four in Melbourne. It was supposed to be Tommy Jervis, but he had, a, he had an injured back in game three and Trevor let me know that I was that I had a flight ticket over to Melbourne, and um, the rest is history. But I am completely um, thankful to the Perth Wildcat organization for kind of letting a young kid such as myself be in be in that situation and learn so much. But um, yeah, that was a that was an amazing experience that I will never forget for sure. And to actually have the, the have the ring, like not all teams give out rings to DPS, but Jack Bendat was very generous, making sure that everyone got one in the in the organisation. Is it in America with you? Is it on display, or have you got it back in Perth? It's, yeah, no, it's it's honestly two meters away from me, and I think that's just a testament to the organisation they are. They care, they care about their guys, old through young. So, I mean, similarly to St Mary's, it's a family over there. So, no, I definitely got great memories, and I love those guys um, for sure. No, great people. So both of you two, Alex and Cole, you got decisions to make at the end of this year. It's your final year in college. Where do you both see your journey taking you for um, for next season? Um, yeah, obviously I'm just taking it uh, each game as it comes and I'm very focusing on my, my final year here before I kind of start to look anywhere else after that. But um, yeah, obviously I'm open to options in the NBL and I, I'm, I'm a WA kid, so Perth is obviously my favourite team growing up and um, who I worked out with plenty of times uh, it was coming back and forth from home into the States. So, yeah, the NBL is definitely on my radar and um, I'm sure wait to see what comes at the end of this season uh, and just focus on this season for, for what it is now. And Kyle, are you the same? you you focusing a little bit on, internally at the moment on what's going on or are you thinking a bit further down the track? No, exactly the same. I think it's I think it's important to pay respect and to um, to Randy, our coach, and make sure that we're fully locked into to our guys, especially as me and Alex are taking on such big leadership roles this year and looking to guide young guys like Harry to a great season. So um, definitely heavily invested in what St. Mary's is doing at the moment, but um, obviously trying to put my best effort out every night and um, continue conversations with clubs in the NBL and whatnot, but um, definitely looking forward to the next year ahead and, and what professional basketball life has in store for us. Are clubs already into you? How early do you get the phone call saying, have a think about it? You know, your life can change next year. Is it already at the point where they're starting to come along and say, we're here, we're interested, have a think? Yeah, I mean, for me, it started uh, kind of probably off my first year of college. Um, if not before I went to college, I mean, I had to talk to a couple of clubs about not going to college and staying home and playing in the NBL. And I think that's a pretty, pretty, uh, common topic within uh, like the high young junior athlete 
Australian basketball players. I think a lot of NBL teams try and keep them stay at home. But I definitely wanted to go to America. And then each year I came back for my kind of summer break or whatever, the, the two or three months we had off. Um, we'd be in conversation with a few teams here and there. Uh, in all respects, just asking if I was going to go back, if I was going to stay home. Because there's a lot of Aussies that get home sick and come home early. So they're always just on your mind and just asking you and having and chats and, and building relationships, which is important. And um, But yeah, it's definitely started uh, since I've been in college. And you all got the chance to come back over here and play against the Wildcats in a preseason game. Uh, Harry, for you, coming back first year and suddenly coming up, up against Nick Kay, who was representing him at the time, filling in for, I think there were a couple of blokes who were injured at the time, but he's an example of someone massive who you're going to be coming up against. What was that like? Uh, I was unfortunately injured for the Wildcats game, which of course was a you were. Bummer, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, which is a big shame. But yeah, it was it was cool. Um, definitely um, a good experience to get some. That whole tour in general was just really great opportunity for me before going into my first season and going to games that actually matter. Got having these games to just get reps with the team and sort of find my role with the guys is extremely valuable going into my first year. So I was, yeah, extremely grateful for that trip. So it was a closed door game. So no one was allowed to go in and actually watch it. So we don't really, didn't hear a lot about what went on except for a couple of little clips. Did the other two, did you two manage to get out on court or, or missed that part as well of you two sitting on the sidelines? No, we were, we were both healthy. Um, obviously it, we had to wait a little bit longer for our Australian tour than uh, Wessels did, but um, it was a great experience, especially um, taking all the fellas to Perth and showing them the beauties of Scarborough Beach, Cottesloe, you know, things that we've been talking about for four years now. But um, specific, specifically about that game, um, yeah, no, it was amazing. Obviously, me and Duke have had and do still um, have close relationships with not only the staff but the players on that. So there was obviously a bit of banter and whatnot, but um, it was also a really competitive game that helped us prepare for the season ahead. And, um, no, we appreciate Wildcats for opening their doors but then closing them again for uh, for that game. Do you two feel a bit of a, a loyalty at all to the Wildcats because of the way that you've been West Australian guys and all that sort of stuff? Or are you able to put all that aside and just focus on where your, your careers will end up one day? Um, I'm a pretty low – I'm a very loyal guy. So, I mean, I've always paid respects to Wildcats. I mean, like I said, to my favourite favorite NBL team growing up and the only really NBL team I ever looked at growing up. So, um like you leave kind of all options on the table at the end of the day um, and do what's best for you. Um, but yeah, like I said, I do have a kind of a soft spot for Wildcats and um, that is my favourite NBL team. So. And now while Kyle's got a, a ring just sitting over there a couple of metres away from where you two are sitting at, at the moment in one place and Harry's in a different place on Zoom with, as we do this at the moment, Harry and Alex both have a little thing up on you, Kyle, and that's that they've represented the Boomers so far. So there's a, I imagine there's a fair bit of competition that goes on between the three of you about who's achieved the most. Would that, would that be the case, Alex? No, nah, not at all. We're, uh, we all congratulate each other in, in different aspects and, um, yeah, we're just kind of... Got found the right moment, at the right time, and took advantage of opportunities we had it when we, when they came up. So I mean, there's definitely no competition about who's done the most or who hasn't done the whatever. But um, now we're all super happy for each other and uh, hope we do the best. Harry, what was it like for you to represent the Boomers? Uh, it was probably yeah, definitely one of the best days of my life. Um, you kind of you see those guys that come up like the the Bogarts and the Mills and the Baines, and you just kind of. You want to see yourself one day and so for me to get like a little taste um was super lucky and it was a great experience and something i'll never forget 
Alex, when you look back at your, your experience with it, like was, was there a player who took you under his wing or was there a moment in the game where you think, oh, that, that person really helped me or I learned a lot there? Uh, yeah, so I think in the when we finished that season over here in the summer leading up to it, uh, Delhi was over here working out at St. Mary's a lot. Um, so I built a good relationship with him going into the into the first camp in Melbourne. And I guess he was the kind of guy that would over always check over his shoulder, make sure I'm, I'm all right here and there and get through things okay. So I think Delhi was definitely a guy I was close to going in. But like Harry said, it was kind of a, not a starstruck thing, but like an exciting and cool thing to see guys that you, you grew up watching playing and, and doing so well in, in the sport that you love and to now go against them one-on-one in practice. And um, yeah, like Harry said, it was a, a wealth of knowledge that I picked up from them guys and um, everyone was loving and everyone was take, took, took care of the young guys. So yeah, it was, it was a great environment. Must have been surreal. Like you, you, you go from being college basketball to suddenly they need a couple of extra young guys in a squad when NBA players aren't available and some NBL players weren't available as well. Like, Did you look around? Were you starstruck at all or are you at the stage now where you're able to just go, no, nah, I'm here, I'm, I'll, I'll play? No, it definitely does. I'll be honest, you definitely get a bit of a starstruck feeling, especially when I got the first email and text message and kind of the, the lead up to it. And you see the, the names of the guys on the list and you're like, wow, like that guy's been in the, the NBA and there and here, here and there and stuff. And um, yeah, it's a little bit starstruck at first, obviously being being from Geraldton, not expecting this coming growing up. And, and now, but yeah, once you get to the practices and the, the ball gets thrown in the air, it kind of all goes out the window and you're just playing basketball at the end of the day. So, Harry, from here for you, we know the other two are going to finish up at the end of this season, having been there for a long time. You're in, in your first year. So what do you want to build towards for the end of this season in, into next year as well, knowing that you're a first-year bloke? Um, for this season, just just playing for these two guys and all our, all our seniors, just kind of they've had three solid years of hard work and, and going to this year, it's kind of it's their time to shine and sort of just going in, playing in for them every night and making sure that we have a good season for them is what's important right now um going forward just um really loving the team at the moment so i just want to keep getting better and um help the team out as much as i can going forward and um sort of just take it season by season and um post st mary's we'll see what happens but definitely definitely have big dreams have big goals of where i want to take my career so it yeah excited for the future. So you mentioned those two and finishing up this year and everyone wanting to make sure that they finish on a high note. Is that a, a really big cultural thing that the seniors, when they're finishing up, that, that you want to make sure they go out with the best possible experience in their last year as possible? How much of that is always driven into you culturally? Uh, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely all around the team and it's just sort of how we see ourselves are as a team. I think it's um, we're, we're all for each other and we kind of want, it, we want each other to do the best and there's no... There's no individuals in our team that are, that are, have their best interests in mind. It's always about everyone else and about the team. So I think, um, yeah, we're great group of guys and we all, we all think like that. And Kyle, that mop's looking pretty damn handy. Like the, you, you look vastly different to what you did when you were playing for the Wildcats when you were a skinny bloke and short back and sides a little bit. Now you've got you know, there's a bit of soul glow from the, like from the, um, coming to America from back in the eighties, early nineties. I reckon with the way that that mo's looking and the way that that hair's looking. How long you been growing that for? Oh, it's been on and off since I since I landed on American soil. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm proud of it anymore. It's a bit of just a like you say, it's a bit of a mop. Um, I'm sure if my mother was. In a, in a nearby radius, you'd have me get to the hairdresser tomorrow, but um, that's the beauty of living on your own. You know, you can kind of express yourself how you want, but I'm definitely in need for a cut. So it will be a, looking like a bit more of a cleaner mullet soon, but for now, it's, it is what it is. It's a cult figure. A cult figure. Is, there, is there any Luke Travers influence at all in that hair? 
No, honestly, I think I inspired Luke Travis with what he's got right now. Um, but we'll leave that up to debate. Um, the mullet's in right now, so I think all the young guys who can pull it off uh, are running with it. And, um, I mean, we're both looking great, so no complaints. And for, for you two, you're living together, obviously, um, because you're on the, on the same screen <laughs> that we're looking at. How has it been having this mateship that's started in Australia, take you to St Mary's and be in the same team, same house, all that sort of stuff? What, what's it been like as just two mates? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely been incredible and, and obviously something that you remember for the rest of your life. And it's made living over here so much easier knowing that I've, I've grew up with this guy, not grew up with this guy, but lived with this guy previously in America, in Australia, sorry. And um, yeah, like we, we moved out, we lived together and we've done every step of our career together so far. It's been really good to have to have a brother next to you that you can talk to about things and, and understand why you go through things living from a different country. So it's been a great, great experience so far and, and hopefully we can achieve bigger things. Well, thanks so much to all of you for coming on. It's great to see that your basketball progression is, is going so well. I'm sure everyone will follow from here and hopefully that uh, the St. Mary's season continues really strongly and we'd love to see you in March Madness dominating at some point in, in, a, couple, in a couple of months' time. And as a West Australian-based podcast, I'm sure everyone listening over here would be extremely keen to see two of you playing for the Wildcats next year and the other one, in a few years' time, they'd love to have a 215-centimetre unit just rock up and take some rebounds because they, they certainly need that at the moment. So thank you to the three of you for coming on and good luck for the rest of the year. No, appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, it's certainly been a massive few days for the Perth Wildcats following the decision to sign Ty Webster and release Corey Sherville. Webster gives the team another scoring option, and with Sherville struggling to even get on the court this year, we'd only managed three and a half minutes of playing time across the last ten matches, so it's clear he is an upgrade to what they had at the time, but is... Ty Webster what the Wildcats need? That's a big question. He's definitely coming to play so what does that mean for Mitch Norton given his playing time has slumped and they play in the same position? Have the Wildcats addressed their need for another big? No. And will that come back to haunt them? Possibly. But are they going to be an extremely potent scoring team? Absolutely. It looks like at the moment they're taking the approach that the best way for them to win is to play to their strengths rather than focusing on the way other teams play by bringing in potentially another big. And if you put Bryce Cotton, Corey Webster, Ty Webster and Brady Manick on the floor at the same time, the answer to every single question is, we're going to attack. So they've scored 107, 87, 105, 90, 98, 92 and 92 from their last seven games if we exclude the overtime periods in both Brisbane games. So it's clear this team can score. You're not going to lose many games with those types of scores and if you chuck in another bloke who can score like Ty Webster, they could seriously go out and say, we're just going to try and score 100 points every single game and if you beat us, you beat us. Is it the right call? We'll have to wait and see. The proof will well and truly be in the pudding, and they spent a month trying to get this deal done, and whilst we only found out about it late, it's clear that they have believed that this is their best way forward from here. So it'll be very exciting to watch them play. Whether it works, we'll have to wait and see, but it's either going to be a genius move or one that hasn't paid off. Regardless, uh, they have Ty Webster contracted for next season now as well, which is a good position to be in for building your list for next year. From the Perth Lynx perspective, they are now fifth on the ladder and can go to 5-5 five and five against the Sydney Flames on Saturday. The Lynx were way too good for Adelaide last weekend with an 82-72 to win. 
Lauren Scherf is in some extreme form at the moment. She had 11 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and 4 blocks against the Lightning. Is going like an absolute champion right now. She went 14 and 13 against the Flames earlier in this season. So she could be on triple-double watch again this weekend. And Chloe Bibby, well, she's been on absolute fire. She had 25 points and 9 rebounds against Adelaide. I spoke to Coach Ryan Petrick after the game and asked him about his thoughts on how she is slotted in to the WNBL. Colby Bibby has taken to the WNBL like a duck to water. Just every game, she's, like, she's just our no-maintenance player. Just We just roll her out. She could play 40 minutes in her sleep if she wanted to. So we played her some more minutes tonight. But she never gets tired. She Obviously, again, same as Sherfy, she can shoot the heck out of it. If we had an all-star weekend type NBA three-point shootout, and just put the balls in the rack, she would win that by so far it's not funny. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Dribble Podcast. Remember, you can read all of your basketball news in the West Australian newspaper and keep logging on to thewest.com.au. Thank you to Alex Dukas, Carl Bowen and Harry Wessels for their time from the US. Thanks to Samantha Rogers for her production work. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Dribble Podcast. Woo!